0: Amen. Amen. I know that we celebrated Christmas on yesterday, but we celebrate Jesus every day. Amen. Amen. We give God glory. Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We magnify you in this place. We thank you for what you have already done. We thank you for what you're getting ready to do. God, we thank you that your presence is here in this place. God, we thank you that now your presence is here. Healing is here. Deliverance is here. Peace is here. Love is here. Joy is here. Everything that we need is here. And we receive it by faith on today. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood on the cross for our sins. Because you said without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So we thank you for the blood of Jesus. And we acknowledge on today that the blood covers us. The blood protects us. The blood healed us. The blood justified us. The blood made us righteous. The blood sanctified us. So we just thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus. And God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, for he is our comforter on, the day, on today. He is the one that walks alongside of us. He is the one that reveals unto us. He is the one that brings the word back to our remembrance. So, Holy Spirit, you are truly welcome in this place. And God, we thank you for unity in the body of Christ Amen. on today. Amen. We bind all division. We bind confusion. We lose peace in Jesus' name. We bind wandering mindsets right now in the name of Jesus. God, we have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. And God, we thank you right now for peace being amongst us. And I say, peace, be still in Jesus' name. I bind every attack and every assignment that the enemy would even try to send out against us on today. In Jesus' name, God, I take authority over it right now in the name of Jesus. I pull down every stronghold, God, that would set itself up against us today in Jesus' name. For the weapons of our warfare are not calm, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And Father, I thank you that it's no longer us who live. But it is Christ who lives on the inside of us because we have been crucified with Christ. God, you shall get all the glory, yes. you shall get all the honor, and you shall get all the praise on today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. We give God glory. If you would, turn your Bibles to a familiar passage that I believe everybody is familiar with, and you probably can quote it without going there. The passage is Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6. Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6 and we want to hear what God has to say unto us today because I believe that God always have a word for his people. Yes he does. Because God knows what his people need outside of what we think we need. Amen? Amen. And one thing we got to remember is this word is what quickens us. This word is what brings life to us. And this is where the enemy does not want us to be. In Proverbs 3, verses um, 5 through verse 6, I'll read out the King James, and then I'm going to read out the Amplified Bible. In Proverbs 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now, in the Amplified, it says, lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him, and he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. You may be seated. The Word of Life For the body of Christ today is that the Lord want to bring in here is what do you do when you don't know what to do? All right. What do you do when you don't know what to do? I believe we're in a time and we have always been in this time, but we don't recognize these times until something, you know, come up or try to come upon us or come upon us. What do you do when you don't know what to do? And this is what the Lord had put before me. And when the Lord put that before me, the first thing that he said to me was, trust God. What do you do when you don't know what to do? The answer is, trust trust God. God. And these times that we're living in, we're seeing the pandemic, we're seeing... You know, um, People leaving out before their time We're seeing a lot of things We're seeing killings We're seeing people more hateful Than they have ever been before Evil is present amongst us So we have to know What to do when we don't know what to do When we don't know what to do The first thing we do do Is trust God Amen. And some people cannot trust God In these trying times Why? Because they have not gotten to know him for who he is. Mm-hmm. So this is why God is saying when he say trust in the Lord, he's given us the answer. Mm-hmm. He say trust in the Lord. When you trust in somebody, that means you lean upon that person. That means you have confidence in that person. That means that you rely on that person. And I believe all of us in here today, we're relying on something or someone. Outside of God. Some of us say, no, I trust God. But you got to really open your heart and really say, do I really trust God? Because when we trust God, we're not going to everything else outside of Him. When you truly trust God, you go into Him first and foremost. So when we trust God, we're saying, God, outside of what I see, outside of how I feel, God, I'm going to trust you in spite of. That's when you're truly leaning on God. That's when you're truly relying and having confidence in God. You know, I trust my husband, but I don't trust him more than I trust God. I'm just being upfront with him. We got to be real today because God said, put no trust in no man. Even though he have good intentions, he could fail me. He may not want to fail me, but he could fail me because he's man." The only way he will not fail me if he's putting his total trust in God and he's hearing what God has to say on a daily basis, guess what? He's going to fulfill what God wants to be fulfilled in my life. Mm -hmm. You just can't hook up with everybody and everything and think that you can rely on them and lean on them and have confidence in them in these perilous times Mm -hmm. because people change. God is not man. That's right. And he's not gonna lie. God is not man that he's gonna change his mind either. God does not repent, Mm -hmm. he does not change his mind. Whatever God says, God's gonna do. Whatever God says, God's gonna make it good. But the problem with the church and church folks get mad when you bring this out, but these things need to be brought out. We trust other things and other people. More than we trust God. Because some of us right now, we're waiting on a man, we're waiting on a woman, we're even waiting on our children, waiting on our boss. We're waiting on somebody to fix something. Mm. They cannot fix what's already been fixed. See, you got to know what's already fixed. You got to know what's already done. When you know what's already fixed and already done, you ain't looking for nobody to do it. And see, that's the problem with the church. We sometimes, we're the ones that's saying hallelujah. We're the ones that sometimes show up on Tuesdays, on Sundays, or on Wednesdays, whenever Bible study is. But in the times of trouble... Uh We don't recognize him as being our present help in the times of trouble. We don't recognize him when we are afflicted. We got to really know that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God will deliver us out of them all. We recognize everything else except God. And this is why people are in the situations that they're in because they're putting people and they're putting things before God. Some people say, oh, I don't do that. I don't put nobody before I put God. See, we need to check ourselves. Mm -hmm. We need to check ourselves and say, God, am I putting anything or anybody Mm -hmm. before you? We already know that answer. Because we can love people so much that we are not thinking about God. We're thinking about that person. Come on, when you spend time with a person, this is how you get to know that person. The more time you spend with that person, the more you will say, that person really loves me. That person is truly willing to do anything for me. That's what we say. That person loves me. That person will do anything for me. But then when push comes to shove, the very thing that we thought that person would not do, that person done it. Yep. The very thing that we thought that person wouldn't hurt us with, that person hurt us with it. And then we'll say, how could they do me like that? How could they not do you like that? They're a man. And the Bible say, who is man that we should be mindful of them? We have to understand that God don't change. In the midst of your hurt, in the midst of everything that you do. God does not change. Amen. He remains the same no matter what you do or how you do it. God's love never changes for you. Amen. In a relationship a husband and wife will change on one another. Mm-hmm. If that wife don't do like that husband want that wife to do that husband have a temple tantrum. That husband feel like you don't love me because if you love me you do what I ask you to do. Or it may be vice versa. God is not like So when you um, get to know a person, you fall in love with that person. And when you fall in love with that person, you begin to depend on that person, lean on that person, have confidence with that person. Because you say, that person have my back. Come on, all of us have been there. But when that person really hurts you, you feel like you can just die. Hmm. You just feel like life is over. You can't believe that a child would hurt you. You, you don't believe that a mother father would hurt you. You don't believe that, you know, a close uh, friend would hurt you. We don't believe those things because we said we've done too many things for them to hurt me like that. Right. This is why David said, if it was my enemy, David said, I could take that. But he said it was the one that was having fellowship with me. It was the one that was going to church with me. That's what he was really saying. It was the one that was praising God with me. That's the one that really hurt me. That's the one that has really crushed me. And I believe some of us in this room have been crushed by somebody. Mm -hmm. We've been crushed by a husband, a wife, children. We've been crushed by friends. We've been crushed by employee, employees, employer, something somebody has said has crushed us. Amen. Why did it hurt us so much? This is why the Bible says, trust in the Lord. Amen. Yeah. He's giving you the answer. Amen. When you don't know what to do, trust in the Lord. Put your trust in God. He said, don't put your trust in man. Man will fail you. But we look into man, why? Because when man say, we expect man to do, and we look for man to do it. But we should look to him, who is the author and finisher of our faith. So he said, lean on, have confidence in, rely on. And God was showing me a tree. You know how a tree is just standing, and that tree has already got deep roots. So when the winds and everything blow, that tree don't move. That tree does not move, it just stays. It may move in the top, but that root, some of the roots don't come up. So when he showed me the tree, he said, you know, when you're talking to someone, if it's a tree there, you're laying on that tree. You're relying on that tree to hold you up because you're getting tired. you having confidence that that tree is there. Y'all sitting in those chairs. you relying on those chairs. But I don't think nobody in this room when you sat in that chair, I don't think you looked at the legs on that chair to see if they were going to hold you. Anybody? You just took a seat. Because you was having confidence in that chair. You were trusting in that chair. You were relying on that chair. Now, if I'm up here at the pulpit, and I'm telling Miss Deborah she didn't check her chair, and I'm saying, Miss Deborah, the leg on that chair is broke, she would probably jump, oh, Lord. See, she lost confidence. Because she was told something. That's when we lose confidence in each other, when we're told something about someone. When you're told something that's so devastating about someone, you don't want to believe it. No, you don't. But you're saying, what did you say? And the more you listen to what they're saying, you begin to have faith in the words that they're producing out of their mouth. This is why we have to be careful what we hear. Because yes. faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. So if anything is outside of the word of God, we don't supposed to take it in, y'all. That's true. Amen. But what do we do? We take it in because this is what man is saying. This is what man is believing to be true. Mm-hmm. And the more that man talk about it, it becomes true. It becomes real. You make that your reality. You didn't only hear it. Now you're beginning to see it. Now you're beginning to feel it. Now you're beginning to taste it. And everywhere you go, you're talking about it because that's your reality. Mm -hmm. How many things are you talking about more than you're talking about God? This is the things that we need to really open up our hearts and say, God, whom am I putting on a pedestal? Whom am I honoring more than I'm honoring you? This is why the Lord said, when you don't know what to do, Mm -hmm. he said, trust me. Amen. But when God gave me that, I said, okay, God, it's easy for you to say to trust me. But God said, it's more to just that trust. He said, if you don't know me, you can't trust me. Mm -hmm. See, being born again is one thing. Some people are saved because of being born again because they say I'm missing hell. It's more than just missing hell. It's about having heaven here on this earth. Even in living in these perilous times, even in living amongst this pandemic, God wants us to trust him to the point of we're not afraid. Even though we know that it's here, we're not afraid of it. It should be afraid of us. Why? Because the same yeah. That raised Jesus from the dead is what quickens our mortal body. Amen. And when our mortal body becomes quickened, y'all, I'm here to tell you, there's life coming from that mortal body. Y'all Amen. Don't what Amen. I'm saying. Amen. And God has given us that life. God just didn't put us down here on earth just to live any kind of way. Mm-hmm. He got us down here on earth to, for Him to be glorified through us, for people to see Him more than they're seeing us. And the more they see him, the more they want from him. But if we keep on magnifying man, making man bigger than we're making God, then that's who people are going to look to as man. I hear so many Christians, Christian folks. I ain't talking about the world because that's what I look for from the world. But I hear so many Christian folks talking more about this pandemic than they're talking about God. Right. Like people don't know, yes, it's a pandemic. Words have power. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. And they that love it is going to eat the fruit. What? Thereof. So the more you talk about a thing, the more you saturate the atmosphere with the thing you're talking about. I remember, I don't know how long ago it was. apostle probably remember. God gave me a sermon dealing with your atmosphere. And what you speak in the atmosphere, basically, is what becomes reality. So you have to watch what you speak in because you saturate your atmosphere. Even in your home, if you have healing scriptures flowing through your home 24-7, yes. I guarantee you when people come in your home, whatever element they got, they're going to be healed Amen. quick, fast, and in a hurry. Why? Because you saturated your atmosphere with healing. But if you saturate your atmosphere 24-7 with lifetime, you saturating it with the world. If you're going to sleep with lifetime, you're going to wake up with lifetime. Right. But if you go to sleep with the word of God, you're going to wake up quicken. Yeah. You're going to wake up alive through the word of God. Amen. Whatever Amen. you begin to take upon yourself. Yeah. Is what you're going to begin to be. And the enemy knows this. He knows the atmosphere. He knows what you ever you speak into the atmosphere is what becomes reality. Mm-hmm. So the things that you think about is the things that you're going to eventually begin to speak about. Yeah. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So does he become. When somebody bring you some bad news and you begin to think on that bad news, you don't even know if it's, if it's true or not. But you begin to think on it like it's true. So you see it, what they're saying. Then you begin to tell somebody what they're saying. You begin to speak death on that person. And then later on, you find out that's not what was said. That that was not truth. And that's why we got to kill everything that people are speaking outside of the truth. My grandfather would always say, take some. Mm-hmm. He would hear what they were saying. But he will always counteract what they said with the word of God. He said, take so. This is what the word said. Mm -hmm. Even though he knew in the natural this is what was going on, he said, that natural ain't my natural. I live supernatural. So he will speak things that be not as though they were. But the first thing we do, we take bad news and we make it good news. Mm -hmm. Did y'all not know? Mm -hmm. People use bad news and think it's good. And this is why in these last days, people are going to say what's good is evil. What's evil is good. Mm -hmm. So we have to be careful. How do we get our hearts and minds in alignment? Through the word of God. We get into the word, and the more we get into the word, the more we get to know him for who he really is. This is why he said trust in the Lord. So trusting in him, meaning I'm going to get to know him. How can I trust in somebody? I don't know. We got a lot of Christians. A lot of set apart people. A lot of people that say I'm born again. But not trusting God. How do I know? Because when things happen. The first thing I hear is. What am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? How am I going to make it? I got to do this and I got to do that. You ain't got to do nothing but do what the word says. But some of us haven't gotten there yet. And I'm going to tell you why we haven't gotten there. Because we choose not to get there. We put everything else before we put God. And we want people to look at us so pitiful. We want people to rub our backs. We want people to speak the word for us. We want people to pray for us. We want people to be there for us. But I'm here to tell you, God is there when nobody is there. He's going to always be there. So who wouldn't want to go to a God or serve a God that said, I will never ever leave you, nor shall I forsake you. I'm going to be with you until the end of the world. See, that's some things that we don't know. Yeah. How no, we don't know. Because even in our prayer, we're begging God to come by here. Hmm. Y'all know I sung that last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Come by here. Come by here. Oh, Lord. By him. See, they was asking him to come, but he was already there. So what we need to be doing is thanking God for being here. Amen. God, now that you're here, God, allow your power to be released in the atmosphere for people to get what they already have. See, but we speak opposite because we don't really know him the way he needs to be made known. And if we don't know him, how can we introduce him? I'm telling you the truth. How can we, how can I introduce somebody I don't know? I can introduce my husband all day long because I spend time with him. I know what he likes and what he don't like. I know when he's down. I know when he's up. I know all about him because I spend time with him. So I can introduce him all day long. I can say, you can call him this, but don't call him this. I'm the only one that called him that now. So see, I know him. So if I spend time with God in that way, and somebody's talking about my God, uh-huh. I'd be like, uh uh-huh. uh uh you don't talk about him like that. Uh-huh. That's not who my God is. And I begin to tell them about my God, because I've been with God. Whom have you been with lately? Uh-huh. That's whom you want to talk about the most. The person you've been with, you're going to put them on a pedestal. I hear so many people putting their children on pedestals. They do this. They do that. They accomplish this. Everything they do, they want to tell it. If they ain't telling it in, in, in the church or out the church or somewhere around family, they're telling it on Facebook. Don't get me wrong. We should, you know, say, Lord, I thank you for what my children is doing. But if we're lifting them up more than we're lifting God up, there's a problem. Amen. There's a big problem. If we're lifting one another up more than we're lifting God up, there's a problem, y'all. God wants to be first and foremost in our lives. And I'm going to tell you something. The God that I have gotten to know, y'all, and I have gotten to know him over the years, it wasn't a one-night thing. And it wasn't a one-night stand either. It wasn't just I got saved and I accepted him. It became an intimate, relationship with him. Each time I would hurt and I couldn't go to no one, I could go to him so intimately knowing I can trust you with my heart. I can trust you with the way I feel, God, because nobody understands me the way you understands me. Nobody can get me the way you can get me because, God, I am fearfully and wonderfully made by you. God, you knew me before my parents knew me. God, you knew my name before they gave me my name. So, God, I know you care about me. So, when you get so intimate with God, everybody else is shut off. Amen. Amen. Now, chef, I'm serious. Chef completely off. Meaning that you, you love them, but you know who's first and foremost in your life. I'm going back to Abraham. Abraham had to leave what he was familiar with. He had to get from around family. He had to develop that relationship with God when God told him to leave. Abraham trusted God enough to know he's not going to fail me. I don't even know where I'm going, but I know what he said. He said, Abraham, I will bless you. Abraham, I will make your name great. So he was going on God and not going on Abraham. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to do. We have to leave everything that we're familiar with. We have to leave our parents. We have to leave our husbands, our wives, our children and say, God, you got to be first place in my life. Why did God say this? Because when we put him first, even in the midst of tragedy, mm-hmm. we're going to go to him first and foremost. Amen. We're going to give him glory, honor, and praise. It's reminding me of my aunt when she lost her husband. When she lost her husband, she was giving God praise. She was just praising God. And some people would think that's weird. But that's where, that's where she was with God. But then when they had to tell about her son, she was still praising God. She was still giving God glory. And I remember she said, God had prepared me. God had already let me know what was going to be. So I was praising God in spite of. Him. And sometimes, y'all, that's hard to do. But the closer you get to God, the more you can give him praise, even in the midst of your pain. Why? Because you know that God is there. This is why when God brought this to me, he said, what do you do when you don't know what to do? And the first thing he said was, trust God. Amen. This is for somebody. I'm the first partaker. When we don't know what to do, when we don't know what way to go, God said, I want you to trust me. Quit grabbing everything outside of God. Because the things that you grab, you're going to go through those things. You're going to go through it. Because you're not trusting God. But if you trust God, we won't go through some things that we um, should go through. Mm-hmm. And when we look back at this verse, it said, lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord. I'm going to the next part. With all your heart. Why would he say, with all your heart? Because God said, when you give me all your heart, mm-hmm. it don't belong to another. Amen. Amen. God said, when you give me all your heart, it don't belong to another, not another person or another thing. Meaning that you have devoted your heart totally to God and nobody else. How do you know that you have devoted your heart to God? I want to go back to a man that I know we're all familiar with. His name is David. And in the Bible, it says in Acts 13, 22. It says, and when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David. He had removed Saul to be their king, to whom also he gave their testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jess, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Now, for God to say that, when we look at David's life when we see the things that David did, especially with Bathsheba how he had her husband killed, and he knew um, that was wrong, but he did it anyway because David wanted to cover up something that he was doing. So how could God say that David was a man after his own heart? Because David's heart was with God. His heart was with God because he always came back and fulfilled what God wanted him to do. You may mess up, I may mess up, but if our heart is totally With God, we're going to fulfill what God would have for us to fulfill outside of what we do. So that's what kind of heart God is looking for. You may fail in some areas, but if your heart is right before God and you devoted your whole heart to him, you're going to let go of those other things and you're going to come back to God fully. That's a devoted heart towards God. So we can lean on, we can trust him, we can have confidence And the Lord with all our heart, meaning that I may mess up, but my heart is so devoted to God. Even in my mess up, I'm going to God and say, God, I messed up, Mm -hmm. but God, I know you still love me. I know you still care about me. God, my heart is towards you. I don't understand some people that say they love the Lord, but they hate their brother. Mm -hmm. You don't love God because if you love God, you don't supposed to be hating your brother. If you love God the way you say you love God, you will be forgiven, forgiving that person instead of holding unforgiveness in your heart. When you love God, you want to obey his commands because his commands are not grievous. When I say I love God, I don't hold grudges. When I say I love God, I go to my brother and my sister and I let them know what's in between us. Come on, that's the love of God. See, Abraham, he devoted his life to God. He gave his heart to God. How do I know? Because when there was strife in between his herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen, he said, if you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. He said, we are brethren. There should not be no strife between us. So Abraham had a heart for God that he wanted to do right According to God, what's wrong with the church? The church heart is not devoted to God. Mm -hmm. Because when the church heart is devoted to God, we don't have to tell people what to do or how to do it, when to be here, when not to be here. We're so devoted to him, we want to be here even when nobody's here. Amen. Come on, we're going to talk about the heart now. Amen. We don't just give up just because he said or she said. When we're devoted towards God, it don't matter what nobody say except what God has already said. Amen. I don't believe no person in here would give up their homes, would give up their jobs because of what somebody said. Or because of how you feel. When your heart is devoted with, to God. It's because you're trusting in him. You're leaning in, on him. You have confidence in him. You're relying in him. That's why he said trust in the Lord with all th- thine heart. Mm-hmm. Not only with all thine heart. But with thy mind. Mm-hmm. If you're giving him your heart. He got your mind. Amen. So we look at David in 1 Chronicles 28.9. Expanded Bible. Let's hear what David said to Solomon. 1 Chronicles 28, chapter 28, verse 9. And you, my son Solomon, accept, acknowledge, know the God of your fathers. Look what David told him. He said, You got to get to know the God of your fathers. So that means he got to develop a relationship with him. He had to begin to get intimate with the Lord, serve him completely and willingly with your whole heart and a willing mind and spirit. Because the Lord knows what's in everyone's mind, searches every heart. He understands everything you think, every desire, motive, and thought. If you go to him for help, seek him, you will get an answer. You will find him, or he will let you find him. But if you turn away from, abandon, forsake him, he will leave you, reject you forever. Mm -hmm. We know now that he said he'll never reject us because of what Jesus done. Mm -hmm. This was back in the Old Testament Mm -hmm. dealing with David and them when they didn't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside. The Holy Spirit would come upon them. So we are under a better covenant. So he's telling him you got to know him. You got to serve him willingly. You got to devote your heart to him. See, that father was letting him know about God, which is David. David was a man after God's own heart. David would do wrong, but he would always turn back to God because he trusted in God. He relied on God. He depended in God. So God is saying, trust in me with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Look at this. Mm -hmm. How many of us lean to our own understanding when bills are due? Mm -hmm. When we're going through in our bodies, when our children are acting up. When people on the job is cutting up, how many of us lean upon our own understanding? All of us. Just like David. When David had to have Bathsheba, he leaned to his own understanding. He knew what God told him not to do, but he allowed his flesh to overrule what God told him not to do. Come on, we got some Davids in the room. Some of us, we allow this flesh to dictate to us what the flesh want instead of living according to the spirit, living according to the word of God. But when your heart is so devoted to God, regardless of how you mess up, you're going to come back to God fully because that's where your heart is. Amen. People that do not come back to God, your heart is devoted to him. That's right. Some people have their hearts devoted more to their jobs than they have to the house of God. Because they feel like that's where my money is. And I'm going to go there, rain, sleep, or storm. I'm going to be there. But when it comes to the things of the Lord, we have a tendency to forget what needs to be done. Because our hearts are not set on him. It's set on other things. See, when your heart is so devoted to God, you cry out to God and say, God, I may not feel like coming. But God, I know who you are in my life. God, I know that you are my healer. I know that you are my redeemer. I know that you're the one that sustained me. God, I know that you're here right now before me. My strength ain't in me. God is in you. I'm strong in you and in the power of your might. Those are the ones that are devoted to God. Because they don't want to miss out on fellowship with God. They want to have every opportunity they can to be before God, to fellowship with the saints. Because they know, I get weary when I'm not coming into fellowship. I feel like something is missing in my life when I don't fellowship. People that stay away from the house of God so long, they don't miss it. Because their heart has become devoted to other things. When they want to come back is when tragedy happens or when something devastating is going on in their life, then they begin to remember. I could call this one, or I could call that one. But when people are doing good and everything is well, God is far from their minds some people. Yeah. Not all. Not all. Some people. So this is why we have to not wait to trust God. And you know what? God has given us what we need to trust him, y'all. It's already in us. God has given us faith. He has given us his faith. And this is why when we go into the word of God and we begin to speak it, then life is coming in and out of us. Why? Because we're believing in what the word is saying because we have the faith of God already in us. Amen. The enemy does not want you to get into the word of God because he don't want you to know God for truly who he, for who he is. So the more you stay out the word of God, guess who you get to know more? Say You get to know what the world is doing more than what God has already done. That's Satan's plan. Satan want to be exalted. He want to be lifted up. So when you see yourself always want to be exalted, always want to be lifted up, see who you serving. God wants us to humble ourselves up under his mighty hand, and then he will exalt us in due season. But if you're looking for people to put you on a pedestal, you know you're not serving God the way you need to serve him. Right. You know your heart is not totally devoted to God. If you're looking for people to love you, you don't know the love of God. If yes. you're looking for people to accept you, you don't know you've already been accepted in the beloved. You already been adopted by him. So anything that you're looking for, you really don't know God because you already have. He said, I have already blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Everything you need, I have already blessed you with it. Come on, what man is going to do that? No man can do what God can do. So that's why we have to turn to him up under every circumstance. This is why he said, lean not to your insight. Lean not to your understanding why. Because the way we understand, some folk is according to the world. We see according to as the world sees. Some people say, well, you're in this world, but I'm not of it. Amen. Come on, let's get it right. Amen. I'm in it, but I'm not of it, and I don't do what it does. Amen. So if you know you're in it, you're in it, but you don't do what the world does. You live according to the kingdom of heaven. You're supposed to bring the kingdom here on earth. This is why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Come on, when I start seeking God, when I start turning my face, it reminds me of Hezekiah. When Hezekiah got the news to set his house in order because he was going to die because he was sick unto death. Mm -hmm. Hezekiah knew the Lord. He had a relationship with God to turn his face towards the wall. And he began to cry out to God. He began to tell God everything that he'd done for God. Yes, 15 years was added to his life. See, he trusted God. He did. But where Hezekiah messed up at, after he got healed, he was so excited that he was healed, he went and showed them everything that was in the temple, and they took it. Come on, we do the same thing. We cry out to God. Well, God, if you heal me, I got news for you. He's already healed you. Well, God, if you deliver me, God, if you pay my bills, God has already done that. You just got to grab hold of what he's already done. So when it get done, oh, my goodness, we tend to forget God. We go back and do take this pain away. God, I'll live for you. God already knows some people are telling a lie, a right out lie. But when he do it, they go back to the same thing they have always went back to. Why? Because that's their pattern. If you were not in the word of God before, you're not going to get into the word of God afterward because that's not your desire. He said, if you delight yourself in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. But you got to delight yourself in God. You have to take the time. Come on, we got twenty-four hours in a day. And within those twenty-four hours, God should be somewhere in that day. He should be when we get up. We should be before him when we get up. We should be before him in, in noonday. We should be before him at night. Why? Because we know that God is the one that takes care of us. We know at the end of the day, no matter what goes on, God loves us. Amen. True. There's another verse of scripture that deals with trust, and I love this one. Listen at Psalms 37, verse 5. One thing that I have come to know since... I have been um, ministering the word of God. People don't want to be taught. People want people to be loud. They want them to be boisterous when they, you know, deliver the word of God. They want to get that feeling like James Brown. When you get the word of God, and the word of God is going in the atmosphere, you can tell the ones that have been in the word. Because the ones that have been in the word, they feel their baby leaping. They feel the presence of God right there yep. in the midst of them. And they don't need nobody to shake them. They don't need nobody to be running down the aisles. They don't need all that. They're hearing what God has to say, Amen. they're hearkening unto the voice of God. They don't need nobody to shake them or move them because guess what? The Word has already done that. Mm-hmm. So when we look at Psalms 37 5, listen at this, the Amplified version. Mm-hmm. Commit your way yes. to the Lord. Yes. You hear that? Commit your way to the Lord. That means roll and repose each care of your load on him. When you commit something to somebody, you're saying, I can't carry this. God, I'm giving this to you. God, I'm rolling it over to you. It's like a camel when he's carrying a load on his back. When that camel get ready to drop that load, he bows and he allow that load to roll over off of him. So God said when we trust him, we commit our loads. We commit and roll things over to him because we trust in him with all our heart. Then he goes on to say, trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident also in him. And guess what? He will bring it to pass. So when we commit our way unto the Lord, trusting also in him, leaning on him, having confidence in him, the Bible said he will bring it to pass.
1: Why am I
0: saying he would bring it to pass? It's because we're trying to make something happen outside of God. God has everybody's life in this room already written. God has every second, every minute, every hour. He has everything already written, what's going to happen in this day. Y'all got to really understand. God already knows. He's an all-knowing God. So if God already knows, why wouldn't I want to go to a God that already knows? That's why you have to wake up early and you have to get before him and you have to say, God, I don't know what this day is going to bring. But God, you already know what it's going to bring. So God, I'm coming before you. So if there's anything that I need to prepare myself for today, God, I'm trusting you, knowing that you're going to let me know what to do and how to do it in this day. And then you begin to quote verses. I'm committing my way unto you, God. I'm trusting also in you, knowing that you're going to bring it to pass. I'm trusting in you with all my heart. I'm leaning not to my own understanding. God, I'm going to acknowledge you in all my ways. Because I know you're going to direct my paths. You're going to order my steps. So God, I'm coming to you because I know you're my God. I know that I can trust you, God. So, God, what is it that you would have for me to do today? God makes, might say, study to be quiet. That's it. Okay. If that's what you're saying, I may not understand it then, but I ask him. So, let's say I go about my day, and all of a sudden, someone come up upon me, and they begin to debate about this pandemic. They begin to debate, did you get the shot? Do you have your shot? And God says, study to be quiet gotcha, gotcha that ain't nothing to debate over we debate on whether somebody got something and whether somebody don't that's not God what we need to be doing is bringing in the gospel Mm -hmm. the good news of the kingdom things that we debate on we shouldn't be debating on what people do is their business what business is it of ours? Because you're looking at man whether or not you live or die because they don't have a job. What foolishness is that? Man didn't bring you in this world, but man can't take you out. As Brother Willie said, true that? See, y'all don't know. It's a setup. And if you ain't before God, you ain't going to know what's set up right in front of you. The enemy want us to come against each other because of shots, because of presidents, mm-hmm. because of all of these things that the world is doing. You're in it, but you're not of it. And whatever you speak need to be according to God, not according to what they're saying. Amen. This is why the churches are against each other. The enemy know a divided house will not stand. But if we're standing on the word of God outside of what the world is doing, we're going to stay. We're going to prevail. The truth, we don't prevail. Amen. That's why you have to take the time. Some of us be rushing out, glad to go to work, glad to get the check, but you ain't sought God with nothing. Amen. You just going about didn't you did you wonder why the people all up in your face and you cussing them out because you didn't prepare your heart? All right now, the Bible said that Rehoboam did evil because he didn't prepare his heart before the Lord. When you don't prepare your heart, make your heart ready before Him. Come on, evil is present. The devil knows that your heart is the core of you; it's the center of you. This is where the Word of God takes root; is in your heart. This is why we guard our heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. You don't let any and everybody take your heart. Because they will trample it. And they'll leave you in a low place where the enemy can bring evil in. This is why we have to guard our heart. So we commit things unto him. We're giving God all of our heart. But then God told me this. One thing we got to know, remember I said, developing your relationship. We got to know who he is. He's Jehovah, he's the self existing God. Nobody created him. So we got to get to know him for who he is. He said, without faith, it is impossible to please him. In Hebrews, the 11th chapter. It said, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Those that come to him must know that he is. That means you got to know that he exists. How are you going to believe in a God? Well, you might as well look up, look around. Everything that was created, this is where I'm going. In the beginning, God created Mm -hmm. the heaven and the earth. It did not say man. That's right. It did not. Mm-hmm. It said in the beginning. That means God was here before anything was here. Mm-hmm. God was here before anything was created or made. Amen. Everything was created and everything was made by God. Not by man. So see, this is why I can trust God. Y'all got to catch this. God created everything. Go back with me to Genesis. Yeah. In the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth. Who did it? No. God, Elohim. He's the creator. Create meaning he took nothing and brought something into existence. It, nothing did exist. Mm-hmm. There was nothing there. It said in the beginning, Elohim. He was here before anything was here. He said he created the heaven and the earth and look, and the earth was without form there was nothing there nothing there nothing there i want y'all to catch this nothing there it was empty it was wasteland it was void there was nothing there it was empty and it was dark and darkness it goes on to say and darkness was upon the face of the deep look here God took nothing, and he brought something into existence. That's what create me. So I want you to grab home to this. This was God. This was Elohim. This was not man. Man going to the moon, thinking that they're doing something. <laughs> Guess what? God created everything. It's not going to be created again. They cannot recreate what God has. Amen. Come on, I want want a light. God, let illumination, let revelation come on right now in the name of Jesus. Father, give all of us. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you. Thank you that the eyes of our understanding right now is being enlightened that we may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your glory of your inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power to yes. us who believe according to the working of your mighty power which you brought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and you set him above every yes. principality every dominion, every might you set him above that and we are sitting with him come on God it's the word come on why don't we keep going to man instead of God and taking what man is saying outside of what God has already said it's because we trust man true God did it God did it and guess what? I'm not even through with it yet. It's alright. You got to first know that he's God. That God was here before anything existed. Even you. God was already here. He's self existed. He's Jehovah. He's Elohim. He's the creator of all things. Okay, let me give you another verse of scripture. Lord. I love backing it up. John 1.3 says the same thing. All things were made by him. Yep. And without him was not anything made that was made. Did anybody catch that? Yeah. All things was made by him. And without him, there was nothing, nothing made, made, that made that was made. All things were made by him. And without him, there's nothing made that was made. Only thing man do is try to put something together that don't last. Because God is the ultimate creator. Amen talk about Humpty Dumpty (laughs) come on y'all they used Humpty Dumpty in school for a reason Mm. Humpty Dumpty Mm. sat on the wall y'all see how big Humpty Dumpty was Mm -hmm. he know he shouldn't have sat on that wall big as he was (laughs) (laughs) now he know he should not have been on that wall Humpty Dumpty was a big man from what I learned in school from the pictures I saw Humpty Dumpty Sat sat on the wall Humpty Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Then it said all the king, horses, and all the king, men, could not put Humpty together again. All the king, horses, and all the king, men, could not put Humpty together again. Somebody say, but God. But God. God can raise the dead. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. He can do it, y'all, if we let him. Amen. Did y'all not know that? Mm -hmm. If we let him. The problem is, people, we're not letting him because we don't feel like he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. It's true. We have to ask somebody else. God is telling you something, but then we got to go ask somebody else. Mm -hmm. Come on, I've been there. God tell me to trust him, but I pick up the phone and call a prophet. Look, I'm going through this right here. And I'm, I just, now a true prophet is going to tell you the same thing God said. Now I'm going through something right now. and I just don't know how I'm going to make it. And Can you pray for me? See, I'm, I'm manipulating too. Because mm-hmm. I want to, yeah, you know, I believe God. But everybody needs somebody to touch and agree with them, right? Mm-hmm. So the first thing they say is, trust God. That's a true problem Because they're only telling me what God has already said. So when you truly trust God and you're at the place where you don't have to call nobody, you really trust in God. Amen. God will have people to call you. God will have people to call you and tell you exactly what he said just to give you confirmation of what he said. Amen. That's why we have to be before God to really truly hear what God is saying. So God said, the earth, it was void. It was empty. There was nothing there. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. Can you imagine everything so dark and the waters and everything is just raging, just raging, just coming, and you can't see nothing? Nothing is there. But then it said the spirit Spirit. of God was hoovering, was broadening. Guess what the spirit doing now? He's hoovering. Why is he hoovering? Because when I'm speaking the word of God, the spirit is releasing the power of God Amen. into the atmosphere to manifest the presence of God. Amen. Amen. So the spirit was right there. He was brought in He was hoovering. That's why the enemy don't want you to know about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He don't want you to know about the Father's role, the Son role, and the Holy Spirit role. He don't want you to know that you got all three of them living and residing on the inside of you. But you have the Holy Spirit, so when you go to him and say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. Holy Spirit is checking with Jesus. Jesus is there with the Father. The Father releases his spirit all and right. it gets right there for you. My mind is wet. Let me pop some. I'm talking. You see, I'm going to be wet when you wake up. You. Yeah. See? But you don't want to deal with it, so that's your way of dealing with life. Mm-hmm. And we're Christians. Wow. Yeah. How can we show somebody Jesus when we ain't trusting? I'm back to trust. When we're not trusting him ourselves. When I was going through years ago, y'all heard this sermon. You let go of it? It'll let go of you. It'll It'll let go of you. Yes, Lord. Every morning, I was getting up questioning God. God, I can't do this no more, God. God, where you at? Every morning. So one morning, see, God knew my heart. He knew my heart was devoted towards him. But he knew it was something in the way that was blocking him from getting to me where I needed to be in him. But I didn't give give up getting up every morning, getting in the same chair, you know, giving him glory, giving him praise. And I would talk to God all the time about my situation. And finally, God said, if you let go of it. Hmm. It'll let go of you. I said, wait a minute, God, what are you talking about? I'm speaking the word over this thing. He said, no, you're telling me about it. Your baby's sitting it. He said, leave it out of it. And begin to thank me for what I have already done because of it. Uh-huh. I'm like, wow, oh, God. So I had to begin to repent. And I said, God, forgive me for putting it before you. hmm Because when I got to God, all I talked about was it. That's why the word of God said, you speak to that mountain. You tell that mountain where that mountain needs to go. Whatever mountain is in our lives, we got to speak to that mountain. And even with speaking to that mountain, sometimes we still feel the mountain. But we don't go on what we feel. We go on what the word of God has said. Everything we need is in the word. We can't go on feeling. That's right. Come on, your body may not feel right, but that don't mean you're not healed. Come on, your body is going to be screaming out, but that don't mean you're not healed. Healing has already been provided over 2,000 years ago. He said healing is already in you. So even though your knee, your back, your head, you still feel the pain, that does not say you're not healed. Amen. Now you got to speak to it. You got to tell your body what you want it to do. All right. Not say, oh. You got to say body. You're healed. Because the word says you're healed. Now you're going to get up and you're going to be what the word says. You're going to be outside of how you feel. Because the Bible says the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus has freed me from the law of sin and death. I am no longer up under the law of sin and death. I have a quickening spirit in me that brings me life, that quickens my mortal body. Body, you're going to be quickened in the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory. And the more you speak to your body, you won't be double-minded. Amen. You won't Amen. be like the wave of the sea tossed to and fro like a windshield wiper. Uh-huh. Your body's gonna know when you speak healing, it's gonna be healed. Why? Because Amen. you ain't be like a windshield wiper. We confuse our bodies. Right. The body don't know what to do. But when we keep giving the body the word of God, As soon as you speak the word, it ain't going to take five days for the pain to leave. It's going to leave instantly. Because the body knows now what the word says. Because it's coming from your spirit. Your spirit, your soul, your body. Everything you need is in your spirit. But it got to get to the body. The soul is the blocking point. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. He said, "Set your mind on things above, and not on things of this earth." Where is your mind? Amen. When we think about the pandemic, twenty-four-seven, that's what we're looking for—the pandemic. But when we're thinking about Jesus and all that He's done for us, when we're thinking about His goodness, when we're thinking about His mercy, when we... And we can get through anything that's coming at us. You know why? Because we trust Him. We rely. We're depending on Him and Him alone. Our problem is we are so afraid of man that it has brought a snare. Mm -hmm. The fear of man brings a snare, it brings a trap. Because when we hear everything that man says, over what God's already said. We're going to listen to what man said. But guess what? After man get through saying what they say. And things are messed up in your life. Guess who you're going to turn to? It ain't going to be Ghostbusters. It's going to be God. Once man say I have done, done. All I can do. There's nothing else. That I can do. Whether it's a doctor. Whether it's a lawyer, whether it's somebody that's a college professor, whoever it is, when they say, I have done, done all I can do, I haven't helped you in the way I can help you. There's nothing else that can be done. It's nobody else that I can refer you to. I've referred you to the best of the best. You're just going to have to live your rest of your life in this state. Mm-hmm. Somebody say, but God. But God. Even though we go to man, God love us so much God will let us know trust me I haven't left you I'm still here with you I'm not gonna leave you even when your mother and father forsake you I'm gonna lift you up see that's why God wants us to be in a place of trust a total place of trust so people can see him more than they see Us, I don't know if y'all know, but for me and my husband to give up our jobs, my job was 13 years and I believe his was 15, 50 years, no, I said for him to give up my job after 13 years and his after 17 years, come on y'all, there had to be God and we still make it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, if we're still making it, and I don't believe we're begging, you can ask anybody in Miracle Temples, As Missy Kennedy would say temples. Mm -hmm. Ask them that we go to them and ask them for anything. Mm -hmm. Because God looks at your heart. When your heart is right before God, you don't have to ask people nothing. Because God will send people whose heart is right before him and he will do what needs to be done through people. Yes, God do use people for his benefit, but he's not going to use people outside of his benefit. God don't use people to give you something that's going to mess up something else. God don't work that way. Everything that God does is good. We can't find no fault in God. If I give up, it ain't God's fault. If you give up, it ain't God's fault. God has given us everything we need to live our lives here on earth. He know what's coming before it comes. This is why he have a lot of people announcing what's coming and telling you to get ready for what's yet to come. Y'all, God has said this in this church so much. Many times I have said I'm so grieved because people are not in the word the way they need to be. And there's something coming that the doctors can't even cure. That the doctors can't even do nothing about. Medicine is not going to be able to help you. Get into the word of God. Get into the word of life. Then he came back after the pandemic came. He said there's something else coming out behind this. And it did. But it ain't over. It's something else. And it's going to always be something else. That's why you got to get the word now. You cannot wait to get the word when it comes. Because you got to build yourself up in the word for what's yet to come. You got to spend time with God more than you spending time with everything and everybody. Come on, when holidays come, people want to come all together. They want to have parties. And now they're having more parties because they got the shot. You better get some Jesus. You better get some Jesus because you got to keep on getting shots. But if you get a shot at this word, you Uh can get out for it. And your body can be quickened with the life of God. Uh And I'm not telling you not to get shots. No, if that's what you feel like you need, get it. But at the end of the day, you need this more than you need anything else. Amen. Come on, we got to have the word above any and everything. God tell us, he said, heaven and earth shall pass away. He said, but my word shall remain. Why aren't we taking heed to this word? Because some of us don't believe it's true. Because we have put faith in everything else. Come on, at the end of the day, God is going to be here for us. He's going to always be here. Why? Y'all, I don't know about y'all, but God loves me. I know he loves me.
1: And I know he's done
0: everything for me.
1: He done it over
0: 2,000 years ago. God made a way for me, even when it looked like no way could have been made.
1: Why? Because the Bible
0: says he commended his love for me. He proved his love for me even while I was still a sinner. He died for me, y'all. He laid down his life for me even when I was still in sin. That's love. Then it said, for God so loved the world, dearly prized the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that those who believe in him shall not perish. Did y'all hear what I said? All right. shall not perish but have everlasting, everlasting life. So what God wants from us is it's just, just believe in what he has said. What he has already done. That's trusting him. Mm-hmm. That's having confidence in him. Amen. Who wouldn't want to trust the God who created everything? Who brought everything into existence that did not exist. God even created us, y'all. And, and sometimes when you think about even the bodies, how the bodies function, man didn't create your organs. God did it. Man didn't do it. God didn't. So who wouldn't want to go to a God when something ain't functioning the way it need to be functioning? say, God, something's off with me today. God, what's going on with me? He's all-knowing. And the first thing God says, pull back from the table. You're eating too much pork. Mm-hmm. He didn't take to quit He just said, you're eating too much of it.
1: Because everything
0: God made is good. But if you choose not to eat it, that's good. That's your choice. But don't try to make somebody else feel bad because they're eating. That was not God's choice. Go read Romans 14. See, we're not in our word, people. You got people these days that say, God don't want you to eat nothing that's unclean. You ask me, everything is nasty. That's why you got the blessing. You don't know what people are giving you. You go to these restaurants just because it looks fancy on these plates. Don't mean it's clean. I'll give you another one. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit reminded me of this. Some people ain't gonna admit it, but it's true. Y'all know when you go in the grocery store and you get the bags of uh, lettuce, and they say it's already washed. Hmm. Some of y'all just dump it in a bowl and serve it. I don't. I don't trust it. Cause if just because they say it's washed, don't mean it's washed. Cause whoever is packaging that stuff is probably not washing. And you. Think why people are getting different stuff? Because people trust in me. You wash it. You I just don't serve salads like that. No. But why do we do it? Because it said it's washed, Apostle. <laughs> God said that you've been washed. Do you believe that? Yes. Yeah, nope. Everything that God said, people don't take it to heart. But everything that man put on the box that said make you healthy, you take it. Mm-hmm. But when God said, My son, mm-hmm. pay attention to my word yeah. and climb thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Mm-hmm. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto all those that find them and they are health to all flesh. His word. His word. But we ain't keeping it before our eyes. We're not paying attention to it, some of us. We're not inclining our ears to it, some of us. We're not keeping it in the midst of our heart. Why? Because some of us feel like we don't need it. That's why we don't get in it. Mm-hmm. Until something happened in our lives, now we want to get into the word and read it one day a week. I'm going to get God one day a week, and I feel good. day that enough. Mm-hmm. That's not enough. Anything that our jobs tell us to do, to learn about, we want to make sure we learn it well so we won't get fired. That's right. When it comes to the word of God, the word of God got to get deep rooted on the inside of us. So when things come, that's what's coming out of us. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. In closing, this is my first closing possible. First one, okay. I'm mm-hmm. counting okay. First closing. Might be two more. But I want to share this with you. I talked about knowing God. And how we need to know God. How we need to spend time with God. How we need to recognize him for who he is. When you look at Exodus. And how God was preparing Moses to bring the people out of bondage. And how Moses had to go to Pharaoh. And Moses had to tell Pharaoh about his God. Now, Pharaoh's reply was in Exodus 5, verse 2. And Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Come on now. Pharaoh plainly told him, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? I don't know him. Some of us are in that same place that say folk, born again folks, really don't know God. We know of him, but do we really have an intimate relationship with him? Because we should know him by his names. When things come up in our lives, we should say, oh yes, he is a healer, he's Jehovah Rapha. Oh yes, he is a banner. come on, he's Jehovah Nisi. Oh yes, he is a provider, He's Jehovah Jireh. Not just saying the names, but knowing what he done in your life. Amen. You can say, I know him for myself. Because I've been in situations that it wasn't man that did it. It was God that did it. Because God turned man's heart towards me when man said no. God used man to say yes. So it was God. So Pharaoh didn't know it. Then the Lord began to show me this king. See, even kings go through. But when they go through and know God, when they go through, they can get through. There was a king, which was Jehoshaphat. Y'all know all about Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat found out there was three armies coming up against him. He got the news back. Tell me God won't share with you what's coming up against you. God's going to let you know it's coming. So Jehoshaphat, what he did, fear did come. But Jehoshaphat began to seek the Lord. Yes, He began to ask of the Lord what need to be done. Now, one thing that Jehoshaphat did that I like, y'all. I want to go here. Go to 2 Chronicles the 20th chapter. 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter. This is what Jehoshaphat did. They said he seeked the Lord. That means That he was inquiring inquiring of the Lord. He was asking the Lord. Not only for him, but for the wives, the children, the husbands. All of them came together. Church, what's happening during this pandemic? Churches are not coming together. Churches are fighting against each other. Families are not coming together. Families are fighting against each other. But Jehoshaphat went to the Lord. Why? Because he trusted God. This is the verse I want you to see. Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter, verse 12. He said, oh, our God, look how he made it personal. Look how he saw God for who he was. He saw God as the creator. Mm -hmm. He saw God for the one who made everything that was made. And it wouldn't have been made without him. Would thou not judge them? For we have, listen at this, for we have no might against this great company that is coming against us listen to that he admitted we can't do this ourselves that's what we need to do church you need to admit God I cannot do this myself he said neither know we what to do come on let's be honest Lord I don't know what to do but the biggest thing that we need to be doing is what he said but our eyes are upon thee is your eyes upon him when you don't know what to do? Are you truly trusting in him when you don't know what to do? Are you still trying to figure out what to do and how to do it? The more you get into the word of God on a daily basis, when things pop up, the word of God is going to pop up more. You can read this Bible from front to back, from back to front, trying to be a scholar. If that's what you're doing, it ain't going to work. But if you get before him every day and you're reading it, not only reading it, but you're meditating on it. But you're studying and you're taking it in. When things pop up in your life, the word is going to pop up over those things. Why? Because he's high. He's above. So the more you get into the word of God, the more the word is going to get into you. Amen. And that's what God wants. He wants the word to get into us. Amen. Because he knows the word is what keeps us, y'all. If you want to be kept. Amen. The word will keep you. Mm-hmm. God will not. Mm-hmm. He shall not be made ashamed of. Amen. Whatever you believe in, whether it's negative or positive, mm-hmm. that's what you're going to become. Yep. So if you're believing in man, that's whom you serve serving. man. You're not serving God. Mm-hmm. God said you cannot have two masters. You can't. Either you're going to believe God or or you not. I remember my granddaddy told my grandmother when she was on her dying bed he said, Louise you can either believe man or you can believe God, but you can't believe both. You got to believe one or the other Grandmama said I choose to believe God and granddaddy would be before her bed just singing and quoting scriptures and they were believing God together and my grandmother come off that deathbed Amen. because she made a choice. You got to make a choice. You cannot on the fence. No. Either you're going to trust it or you're not. God's still going to love you because he's, he's a loving God. But whatever God does is for his glory, not man. God gets all the glory, not man. And even man will say, I didn't do this. This had to be God. That's when you know that it's God and not man. Amen. Our dependency church in these trying times has to be on God and God alone. We had, um, the Lord had me to set a table. i never forget this. And he told me to set a table and he let me know what to do with this table. And I went and got some chicken, y'all. That chicken, it was some good chicken back then. Hardest chicken. Mm -hmm. And I set the table and God said he wanted, I think it was seven people to sit at that table. And he said, whoever sit at that table, you're going to be healed. God didn't tell me. He just told me to call up people. I'll never forget. My daddy's sitting right there. He's a living testimony. God healed him that day through a piece of chicken. Mm. He used the chicken as a point of contact. But he needed somebody to be obedient To let them know This was my doing Not Hardy's doing They just provided the chicken He said I put the power upon the bird Mm -hmm. That's what brought the healing See when you hear God Outside of hearing man We will get some good results Y'all So the more we stay in this word We're getting life From the word of God And it's quickening out on a body. Stay off the phone with naysayers. Stay off the phone with people that always want to talk about the news. Mm-hmm. Stay off the phone with people that always want to bring you gossip and not bringing you good news about Jesus. Stay off the phone Amen. because it gets you riled up and then you miss what the devil's trying to throw in your house. That's right. And this is what I have learned to say in some conversations. And how does that benefit you? All right. Mm-hmm. There's no answer for it. So that tells me, how is that going to benefit you, knowing if they got locked up or not? Mm-hmm. Are you going to go to jail and search time for? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Are you going to pay their bond? I don't think so. So how do it benefit us put the person's name all over the United States? take this to the nations. Amen. Come on, let's be news reporters, y'all. Every time we open our mouth, let's tell them about the goodness of Jesus. Amen. Let's tell them what Jesus done. Amen. And it's already done. And The only thing they got to do is grab hold to what he's already done. And God will manifest himself. Yes, he will. But we have to believe. Amen? Amen. Say neighbor. Amen. Say neighbor. Trust, Trust. In, the Lord. in the Lord with all your heart. All your heart. Lean, not. Lean, not. lean not lean not to your own insight to your own, to your own understanding. To your own understanding. Acknowledge, him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him in all your ways, all your ways. and he He's worthy and worthy and worthy to be praised. There is no other God like Jehovah. He is just so, so, so good. He's good all the time. And y'all, I just love him and I know he loves me. And I know what concerns me concerns him even before I get concerned. The Lord has already answered. When I call on him, he'll answer me. And he'll show me great mighty things that I don't know. And that's why I love to hear him say, why are you worried about something you can't fix? That I have already fixed. Then I'm like, God, that's easy for you to say. But if you trust in him, you can say, okay, God, you know better than I know. And then you just begin to praise him. And praise begin to tear down the walls. That's already built up. Because let me tell you something. Being on this pulpit. Several times I want to throw in the towel. I want to say Lord. I know you called me to this. But Lord it gets frustrating. When you see you pouring out. And you pouring out. And you pouring out. And you don't see change. When you see the people doing the same thing. In their hearts. It's just not towards you. It's towards other things. When you got to do what they supposed to be doing. But that's when the Lord began to minister. Regardless of what they do or what they don't do, you do what I called you to do. And that's when I give him praise. And that's what we're supposed to do. Regardless of who come after the holidays, we keep it moving. We keep doing what God tells us to do. Regardless of who's here and who's not here, because when we begin to depend on man, things change with man. People do go on vacation, Mm y'all. They do. People do need to go on vacation to get their minds right. But like Daddy said, if you're going on vacation and you're taking that same mind with you, you might as well stay home. (laughs) True that. (laughs) That's the truth. I'm taking a vacation. I just need a few days to get myself together. You come back worse than you were before. Mm -hmm. Because you wanted that vacation to be your God. Amen. Amen. God is good, y'all. All All the time. And this beautiful lady here sitting beside Miss Stacy.